0: On today's show, I have a very special co-host in the studio, and we're going to be talking about the Ant-Man and Wasp movie, some information about those characters, and then the movie Logan has some casting information that we're going to drop on you now. And being the month of October, you know, it's time for ghouls, goblins, spirits, Vampires, yes, will be ranking on the final countdown the top five Buffy and Angel characters. So there's a lot at stake here on the Gurr ARG edition of Free Your Geek. Welcome to Free Your Geek, I am your host, Jay Free, and in the studio, KB is not here, and you know, I thought about the theme of today, and you know, the average guy could not do a co-hosting gig, so of course, I went out and I I found a girl, because girls kick ass. So joining me in the studio today, as we're talking about woman empowerment, uh, our final countdown, Buffy and Angel characters, please welcome, now do do you want me to, we're calling you Jax, is that- that Jax Works Jax Jax is in the studio and uh, Jax has been a friend of mine for quite a number of years since I was a a, a young geek and my first job back first in first job, a, both uh, of our first yeah, jobs. Yeah, both of our first jobs. So I've known you for I'm not gonna say how many years because no. that would be rude, but I've known you for a <laughs> while. I've known you for a while. Um so let's talk about just first of all before we get into the, like all the topics and the and the format that we usually get into on this show. Um, I kind of want to just touch base with you and, and see where your area of geekdom. I mean, you have a lot of similar interests to me, and you do a lot of cool things. We'll certainly plug them up front, and then we'll plug them at the end of the show. Um, but you know, just give me starting off, Jacks. Uh, give me some background about yourself. Uh, you know, things you geek out about and why.
1: This is a broad area. The biggest thing that I geek out for is Star Wars. I am a huge Star Wars fan. I saw Star Wars when I was little. My dad basically did not know what to do with a hyper child. So he put hyper child in front of the TV and said, these are the best movies ever. You need to watch them. And what I took away from them was Princess Leia is awesome and I want to be her. (laughs) So I, started, I decided that Star Wars was the best thing ever, and girls could kick ass is basically what I decided right and off the bat.
0: I love that. I love that. That's very, very cool. Um, so Star Wars is your biggest thing, but obviously yes. you have some interests uh, that kind of overlay with some other geek and nerd tendencies, um, you know. We talked a little bit off air, but the we did a show a couple couple episodes ago, Rhode Island Comic Con. So I know you're you're big into that. You-
1: I am. I am actually the travel coordinator for Rhode Island Comic Con. So we are knee-deep in all that good stuff. We have the show coming up um, November 11th through the 13th, and we have a huge lineup of guests that, honestly, if I told you every guest we have, we might be here for over an hour.
0: <laughs> well, just just released, it was either today or yesterday that I saw Christian, is it Christian, Christian
1: Slater? Slater? Christian Slater. Christian Slater. we say Slater. Pump up the volume?
0: <laughs> That's, uh, this is, and, and you know what, KB and I were talking a couple episodes back when we did the Rhode Island Comic-Con episode, This is probably the greatest lineup since I've been going to it for like seven or eight years. And this to me seems like the best lineup.
1: Yeah, we I think we actually broke the Internet not too long ago when we announced Gal Gadot, who is playing Wonder Woman, who she's Wonder Woman. Um, that was like huge. I mean, I was getting texts and phone calls and I was like, well, thank you. But I'm not the one that does that part of it. But thank you for that. You know, when everybody was saying great job booking her.
0: (laughs) Yeah, but it's important because you have to book their travel to get there, right? I do. I do. I
1: have help, though. I don't want anybody to think I do all that stuff. We have a great team of people. I work with some amazing people. We all work together to get these people here. Um, and it's awesome. It really is.
0: So I, I just wanted to kind of ask you, and I don't want to put you on the spot here, but you've been doing this for a while. Yes, a um, couple of years, yeah. Any certain uh, favorite celebrities that you've, you've uh, worked with or, or had a, uh, any type of interaction with?
1: favorite celebrities one of my favorite people i've ever met is actually scott wilson from the walking dead um just one of the nicest guys i've ever met very genuine and when he talks to you and tells you stories he just does them in character and you're just like wow like you're just in awe it's just cool Um, but honestly they are still regular people so i always remember that and you know i you know, treat them as such. But they are just regular people. They're awesome.
0: That's And that's really cool. Um, I do want to point out, though, too, I have seen some promotional pics from Rhode Island Comic Con. And do you now, do you ever do any cosplaying?
1: I do. I do. I love to dress up. I joke around that I dress up for a living. I wish I could dress up for a living, but I don't. Um, My favorite thing to dress up as is probably Supergirl. That's another one that I watched when I was younger. Um, I saw the movie, and again, it's a girl who's kicking ass, so I was like, I want to do that. So the first cosplay I ever got was actually Supergirl, and then when they came out with the show, I was really pumped.
0: So, so yeah, that's my favorite. and that and the show is now on the CW after being on what yes. CBS, I believe, last I year. Think now so. they've gone over to and I, I saw the first episode, and the fact that it's now going to be part of the Arrowverse is going to be insane because they're going to be doing a huge four part crossover. Yeah, which...
1: and they did like the Flash crossover, and that was really cool because I mean I'm a Flash fan. I mean I watch all the shows. <laughs> I probably watch right. too much. You too and long.
0: I are going to have to do a separate <laughs> show on that because <laughs> yes. KB, KB isn't caught up on all that, and I want to oh, talk no. about it so okay. bad. Yes. So, I I I really pumped. We're recording this. Legends of Tomorrow is coming on tonight. I'm DVRing it. Um, I'm
1: not up to date on that one. I'm okay. S- yeah, I can't speak to that one. I really have missed the boat on that one. Is it good?
0: It's good. It's okay. it, if you if you're a fan of say for example, uh, Back to the Future time travel yes. type stuff. It's it's amazing. It's a, it's a great great show.
1: Back to the Future is one of my all-time favorites. I actually have the Enchantment Under the Sea dress as <laughs> one of my oh, cosplays. I love and it, and I own a hoverboard.
0: There you go. So, <laughs> so Jack's here is like you know the definition. She's a, she's a cool, like she she's a chick, but she's a, a geeky chick, and that's what I love. She's she's not, and, and forgive me if I if I misspeak. You're not a, a a dainty girly girl. You're like you're like one of the boys, but you're a hot yeah. chick. That, so
1: wow oh so, nice that's yeah. right folks i'm a hot she's, chick a, she's a
0: hot chick i had to <laughs> and, and i i've said that like i've wanted to we've had you know girls on our show before i think on our second or third episode but that was like three three and a half four months ago i'm like i have to get another girl on and then when kb was like i can't make it this week i said i gotta call jacks up and, and see if she wants to be part of this so you're here um i want to talk more about rhode island comic-con but i know you mentioned uh, scott wilson
1: yeah, unfortunately Scott's not gonna be here, but you did ask me who oh, no, <laughs> one no, no, of my no. favorite uh, memes were. This,
0: <laughs> this is what we call this is what we call a segue, yes. Jax. This is what Scott Wilson, best known for Herschel on yes. The Walking Dead, you brought in some trivia. One of your Hi. Did. One of your favorite things to do is is trivia, and you go on Facebook and you do it, uh, you know, trivia every every day or whatnot. How often do you do yeah, that? So
1: what I do is I actually do Trivia Tuesday on my Twitter page, but it's connected to my Facebook. So if you're on my Twitter or my Facebook, I do Trivia Tuesday, and I think it's hysterical because I actually get people to answer me, and I can stump them. And obviously there's Google out there, and you can totally Google what the answer is, but nobody ever does, and I think that's amazing because they'll be like, oh, is this the answer? And I'll be like, nope. And then they'll just keep guessing until they get it right. But it's awesome because people actually interact with me. And it's just a fun thing to do on Tuesday. It breaks up your week. And we all know people are on social media all the time. And there's a lot of negativity. And I just feel like by doing Trivia Tuesday, it's something that's just more fun than politics.
0: I think I absolutely or anything else I absolutely agree with you. Just, <laughs> it's fun it takes your mind off things it's light yes. it's just it's just a, a fun little like side thing to do and like you said everybody's got social media everybody's got a smartphone now Yes. You can get on their social media and we'll plug all your social media if you want to throw it out now you can we can plug it at the end of the show if you want to do that
1: we can do it at the end because okay. I want you guys to listen to yeah end.
0: so that's <laughs> that's a great point so just I'm gonna play this trivia game. Uh, with Jax, and I'm going to let the listeners play too, so I'm going to pause. It's not, by no means going to be, be because I'm trying to think of the answer. I'm just going to put a pause in there to let our, our listeners answer as well. So it's Walking Dead Trivia, correct? Which is why yes. I made the, the Scott Wilson connection. So uh, why don't you give us a taste of what we can expect from you on Twitter on Trivia Tuesdays?
1: Okay, so I tried to be nice. Sometimes on Trivia Tuesday, when I throw out my Star Wars questions... They're not so easy, but I did Walking Dead today. I tried to make them a medium amount of easy. So, first question: Let's see if you at home can get them, and let's see if I can stump Jeff. Okay. Before the zombie apocalypse, who was Rick's partner?
0: Oh well, that totally one's totally easy. That one, one's right? that one's. You're, I know. You're, I'm giving you you're a easing, here. You're easing me in. I am.
1: I'm being nice here.
0: Um, that of course is Frank Castle. Also known as Shane.
1: Yes. Okay. So easy. But let me tell you, folks, these are not all easy.
0: Okay, you're all gonna right. progressively get harder. Is that what's gonna happen?
1: Um, I just kind of threw a bunch of them together. Okay. <laughs> okay. So that
0: was a softball. So you, how many questions total? I have five. So okay. You've got so four more. I'm at twenty percent already. <laughs> yes. So that's good.
1: All right. Next, what does Herschel suspect brought the disease to the prison?
0: Okay, we're gonna pause here for a second. And I'm going to say, was it the the pigs that they were, were herding?
1: Whose pigs were they?
0: I don't know whose pigs.
1: <laughs> All right. It was kind of a two-part question. Oh. It was actually Rick's pigs. But you got pigs, and I would have accepted pigs because, I mean, this isn't a test in school.
0: Oh, good. So I'm at 40. <laughs> okay. I'm okay. All right. You're
1: doing okay. You're All right, doing okay. 40%. Obviously, I made this too easy. So next time I come on the show, I'm oh, going to make them very Absolutely. Harder, much harder. All right. Which two characters... Does the governor force to fight in the arena?
0: Uh, that would be, if I remember correctly, uh, it would have to be Merle and Daryl? Yes. Yes. I, I was going to say it was going to be, uh, be Glenn, but I know he was he was questioning Glenn and Maggie, and that was an uncomfortable scene. I remember that. Yes. Um, but yes. Oh, brothers. I should have made these harder. No, this is good. This is good. <laughs> You're helping my confidence. You have no idea.
1: All right, good. All right. Who is the first person in the group to meet Rick?
0: Of the main group? Ever, yeah. So that would be the, well...
1: Not Shane. So, like, the okay. first person, like, after the zombie apocalypse, Rick is alone. Who's the first person that meets him?
0: I'm going to put a pause right here while people are answering, and I'm going to say that if I'm recollecting correctly, it was the end of the first episode where he goes into the tank, but I don't believe it was the same actor that voiced uh that was the voice on the other end of the walkie-talkie. Uh, so I believe the answer would be Glenn.
1: Oh my god, you got <laughs> All right, next time it's going to be super hard. OK, no, no, no this gonna is good. It's going to be Star Wars. No,
0: and <laughs> we'll have KB on, because KB is a super Star Wars fan. And I, wanna, right, I want you definitely. to stump him.
1: You're definitely going to get this one, I think. Oh, I'm so disappointed I wanted to stump you. Next time we're going to call this Stump Jeff. OK, All I right. like it. Which character is forced to kill Lori?
0: Oh, that one—that one's easy as well. Uh, oh, yeah, you did—you did, you did make these easy. I was really nice. I, I know. Do, I didn't okay. want your
1: fans to be like, we'll "Oh do, my God, those
0: are so hard." No, no, it's great. Because it, can you think of one off the top of your head, like not on your list, that you can ask me that might be a little bit more difficult, or that you think you could ask? Because uh, the answer to that is—is is Carl or yes. Coral, uh, depending <laughs> on how the the memes uh, portray his name.
1: Oh, can I think? Oh, now I'm on the spot. I don't know. Well,
0: how about this? What if we? Was that the? That was four. That was five. Oh, that was five. I got a yeah. hundred.
1: You got a hundred. Yes, just oh, like in school. Folks All at right. home, I'm a little disappointed. So why over don't here.
0: we do this? We'll, we'll go into some industry news, and then okay. while while we're talking about that, if you come up with any other question off the top of your head, so not to put pressure on you All now. Right, sounds good. But we'll do that. And and you're you're newer to uh, Free Your Geek, so let me first talk about um, on the handout that I gave you the little format, we go into a little something that we call industry news. So just two quick pieces. Um, Our first piece of news just comes in from superherohype.com. The link will be in the show notes. Uh, This happens to Involve Evangeline Lilly talking about playing the Wasp. Now, are you a fan of the the Marvel movies as well? Do you watch? I am. Sp- I'm
1: a big Marvel.
0: fan. Okay, so I'm assuming you've seen Ant Man.
1: I have. And
0: so you know that at, toward the end, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen it yet, um, in the either yeah. the mid or the end credit scene, Evangeline Lilly's character finds the Wasp suit, and it's uh, very heavily alluded to that she's going to be the Wasp in the next movie. So. Uh, I guess Lily was, uh, uh, Evangeline Lily was talking about the Ant-Man sequel, and she said, right now, an initial script has been created, but it's not been approved by the higher powers that be. By the F- fakes." is that how you know? F- I don't know, Feige's. I don't know how you pronounce the name, but Paul Feige. Um, so she goes, so I haven't seen it yet, but I've talked to Peyton Reed about where they're headed and what they want to focus on. I'm excited because it's essentially going to be the origin of the Wasp. We're going to see the Wasp for the first time, take on the mantle and put on the suit and fly about and do her thing. Following that one, there's an Avengers series coming up that's a two-parter. And the Wasp won't be in the first part. She'll be in the second part because they really want to uh, preserve the reveal for Ant-Man and the Wasp so they can give it its due time. So basically, what they're saying is she's going to be the Wasp in the sequel to Ant-Man, Ant-Man and the Wasp. And then she'll be debuting that character in the second part of the Avengers movie that's coming out. So I think that's pretty interesting. Now. You, of, of all the Marvel movies, do you have a preference on which is your favorite?
1: Ooh, a favorite Marvel movie. I'm an Iron Man fan. Okay. Yeah, so I'm I, an Iron Man fan. Uh, I just, I don't know. Maybe it's Robert Downey Jr. I think I really like him, but I'm a big fan of Iron Man.
0: Iron Man. All right. Well, he he was, the way he portrays Tony Stark, I think, is excellent. So obviously, excellent. I'm assuming Iron Man 1 is your favorite? yeah. Okay, so it's a really good... And you know what? People give me flack for it all the time, but I, I like the Thor movies. I don't know what it is. Okay, I, mean, I, d- I, I like Thor. They're not my favorite, but I mean, as far as like an individual character, I think Thor is it for me. Well,
1: who doesn't want a hammer?
0: Right, exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, but no, Ant-Man, to me, I loved... I and, and we KB and I talk about this all the time. Each Marvel movie... Now what they're doing is they're kind of like putting it into subgenres. So Ant-Man is more of a heist flick where the Captain America movies, other than the first one, which is more of a period piece, uh, Winter Soldier and Civil War are almost like a Tom Clancy, like spy thriller, mm-hmm. um, big action, you know, mystery, intrigue. Um, and the same thing with the Netflix series, you know, Daredevil um, Luke Cage, Jessica Jones—they all have their own feel. And now with the new trailers coming out for Iron Fist, I don't know if you're a Netflix fan of the Marvel stuff. Oh
1: yes, I've watched all of them. I just finished Luke Cage. I
0: I did as well. You want to get what? What do you think of it? Without not not to give too many spoilers, we'll try to stay spoiler free.
1: I liked Luke Cage. I thought it was really good. It, it took me a little while to get into it because there was a lot of story, but it's still very well done. The characters were really good. Like I did really enjoy it, but it did take like two or three episodes because it's not your typical, you know, Iron Man where they're going to come out guns blazing with everybody, you know, going crazy and fighting, um, which I kind of enjoy. Which is, it's, <laughs> I think it's I fun. like a good fight scene. So, Which they did have, by the way, if the, you haven't watched.
0: No, Luke Cage was amazing. I mean, the, yeah, in and, and Jessica Jones, they show a little bit of his powers and yes. his abilities, and they just rewrite it in Luke Cage. So it's, it is a very action-heavy uh, series once you get into it. But there is, as you mentioned, a lot of uh, story, and, and uh, there's a lot of cool secondary and tertiary characters on that show. But uh, among the Netflix spectrum, what's been your favorite Netflix series? Daredevil. Season one or season two?
1: Ooh. Probably season one.
0: I, I agree with that.
1: Yeah, probably season one. I was a big fan of Daredevil.
0: I, I The only thing that where I think season two is so revered is because uh, Shane, John Bernthal, played Frank Castle.
1: I liked him.
0: Amazing. And now he's Amazing. getting his own series, which is cool. Um, so they're going to be filming that. And then uh, to get back to the industry news piece, uh, and I didn't throw this on your list, but I just want to make mention of this, uh, from therap.com, Wolverine, uh, three key roles in the new Wolverine movie. So the new Wolverine movie that's coming out. How many
1: Wolverine movies are there?
0: uh, There's Wolverine, X-Men Origins Wolverine. I guess that's the first one. Then they had uh, The Wolverine, and now this third one, which is now going to be simply titled Logan. So they have a poster showing Logan's clawed hand being held by a small child. The girl in the poster is a young mutant, an insider with knowledge of the production told the rep, which we could kind of guesstimate and assume anyway. So I guess the quick synopsis of Logan is, in 2024, mutant births are severely in decline and people aren't sure why. Logan's plot follows a government-type operation called Transigen, that is, turning mutant children into killing machines. Jackman ends up mentoring the girl who has two claws instead of three. The young mutant girl is being played by Sienna Novikov, And the character's name is Laura. So again, not sure how familiar you are with the comic books, Jax, but Laura would be X-23, the new Wolverine in the comic books now. I
1: did not read those comic books.
0: So basically, she's a female Wolverine, and she's basically his clone in the comic books. So they're changing it up a little bit here, and she has two claws that can uh, retract out of each hand and a claw that can go out of each foot, so a blade. So she's, she's a badass killing machine. And then in the comic books, Wolverine... I believe it was about a year ago. Has been killed, and she's been the new Wolverine for about a year. Oh, okay. So they're, I think they're going to be following uh, that compared to uh, X Men. Oh, um, Old Man Logan from the X Men, which is another comic uh, book where basically Wolverine Logan is just old and he's at the end of his rope, and he's just you know one more adventure, kind of like a Bilbo Baggins thing, but on a totally different path. Um, and then they also mentioned that. Um, Donald Pierce is going to be a character. So he's actually part of the Hellfire Club, and he plays, uh, I believe it's uh, the not the White King. Maybe the White King. I can't remember. But he was also part of the Reavers. And so the Reavers are cybernetic um, villains, and, and that would be kind of cool, too, if they go that route. So those are my two pieces um, of industry news. Very cool. So did you think of any questions? I do
1: Okay, so I did. What is Len's punishment for lying about Daryl's thievery.
0: Okay, so this is a few seasons ago when uh, Daryl, was it Daryl and Beth got separated, and Daryl ended up Mm -hmm. meeting up. And they were lying. And they, they, I forgot what the the, the thing that happened was, but I think Len uh, was trying to get Daryl in trouble by either stealing, or, or that's when they were saying claimed for everything, correct? Yes. Um, I'm gonna say, was he beaten to death or beaten? I, it was some. I don't know if. Oh it was my to death.
1: god! I can't stump you at all. I even came up with something else. All right, I quit.
0: Okay. <laughs> so, folks, we've gone through Jack's <laughs> trivia and some industry news. We're gonna take a break right now uh, with some words from our sponsors, and we're gonna come back into the final countdown. So, sit tight. <laughs>
2: We'll
1: right back. Are you ready to upgrade your office space or living area for an affordable price? Stop by Pachico's Furniture, where you can expect a delightful shopping experience, all while saving you some of your hard earned money. Pachico's Furniture specializes in used furniture, antiques, jewelry, electronics, video games, Blu-ray, DVD, musical instruments, and much, much more. Whether buying or selling, we strive on being Fall River's finest second-hand store. Pachico's Furniture is a family-owned and operated business located on 663 Bedford Street, formerly Billy's Cafe, in Fall River, Massachusetts. Come
2: on by. You'll be pleasantly surprised. Uh, so did anybody uh, last night, you know, did anybody um, burst into song? merciful Zeus
0: we thought it was just us well,
2: the same, it was bizarre. bizarre
0: we were talking and then it was like you like we, we were in a musical we did that a whole duet the about dinner I
2: couldn't see the synchronized dancing from yeah, the room yeah, we those were
0: tracks. arguing and, and
3: then everything rhymed yeah, and there were there harmonies and the dance with about the couscous?
2: it was very disturbing what did you sing about I don't remember but it, it seemed perfectly normal but disturbing and not the natural order of things and do you think it'll happen again I well, we should look into it with the books do we have any books on this? Well, we just gotta break it down. Look at the factors before it happens again. Because I, for one... I've got a theory that it's a demon. A dancing demon. No, something isn't right there.
1: I've got a theory some kid is dreaming. And we're all stuck inside his wacky Broadway nightmare.
2: I've got a theory we should work this out. It's getting eerie, what's
1: this cheery
2: singing
0: all about?
2: It could be witches, some evil witches. Which is ridiculous, cause witches, they were persecuted. Wicked, good, and love the earth and women power, and I'll be over here.
3: I've got a theory. It could be Barney's. I've got a theory.
2: Maybe midgets. I've got a theory.
1: We should work this fast.
0: Because it clearly could get serious before it's past.
2: I've got a theory. It doesn't matter.
3: What can't we face if we're together? What's have all been there, the same old trips, why should we care?
0: Bunnies. Anya is afraid of bunnies. Um, <laughs> that is a song from the season six uh, series, season six, uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Once More with Feeling. Uh, the opening, by the way, and I forgot to mention that, that was a uh, angel theme. It was a cover by Alcatraz Shock, and I'll put the link in our show notes for that as well. And that was from, as I mentioned, Once More with Feeling. Uh, I've Got a Theory is the name of the song. So now we get into my favorite part of the show, where we basically rank our top five, top three, top ten, whatever it may be, and we call this segment that I love so dearly The Final Countdown. It's the
2: Final Countdown!
0: Final countdown. So we're going to be doing a top five today. And I couldn't decide with Jax if we should do top five Buffy characters, top five Angel characters, or just a combination of the two, because I love both shows very much. And Me too. I, I know you're, you're a too. big fan. And, and when I had you on, um, I said, you know, it's, it's October. Um, I got a girl coming on, an awesome girl, a kick-ass girl that loves nerdy stuff. Why not do a countdown? Kind of that pays homage to a kick-ass girl that fights bad guys, and I said, "Why not? We both love the show, so let's go ahead and do it." So, from the Buffy universe, if you will. So, we're going to start with number five and go all the way down to number one. So, Jax, what is your number five pick?
1: Okay, so I put a lot of thought into this, um, and my reasoning is probably going to be hysterical on some of them, but that's okay. I that's can what we—that's that. what we love. Yeah, we I can love live that. With that. So my number five pick is actually Oz, um, and here's why. So he ends up getting superhuman powers. I mean, he struggles with them. You watch him struggle. He has to figure out how to be a werewolf. You know, they have to lock him up. It's, it's a struggle for him. But I mean, he's also a guy that plays a guitar. If there's any ladies listening right now, come on, that's hot. So yeah, I mean, I was a big fan of Oz. He was just fun. I wish he was on for a little bit longer, but I just thought he was a fun character, and I, I kind of like watching characters grow. You'll hear me say that a lot. But yeah, big fan of Oz. So he makes my number five.
0: Okay, so this is interesting, because you and I are thinking, like, not we Oz, didn't you? No, no, I didn't pick Oz. <laughs> but our, our reasoning is oh, okay. very much the same. And of course, I have to do something where I have to go over the top. Um, so I'm not trying to give away my picks, but this is what I wrote out, Jax. So you okay. can see, this is the detail I went into. And I did it all based, my caveat is I did focus on a more of the overall character arc and development as well. Okay. So my number five is a man by the name of Rupert Giles. Okay. He's Buffy's Watcher, so the Watcher helps prepare the Slayer. Um, and though he appears very stuffy in the series, in his youth, he was actually a troublemaker. He practiced dark dark magic along with Ethan Rain, who's a villain on a number of episodes, and he got the nickname of Ripper. And I like I like his character because you know you have this uh, kick-ass girl. This you know the lead is a girl, Buffy Sarah Michelle Gellar, kicking ass, and she's you know single. Mo- uh, her mo- she's coming from a single mother household where it's just her and Joyce. Um, and then Giles comes in as her watcher and essentially becomes almost like a father figure to her. And while he was very, he had like little quips and little uh, barbs, and he was very stuffy and and very you know by the book. Um, starting around season four, when they go away to college after the school's destroyed after graduation, he becomes unemployed, but becomes uh, more comedically inclined. He's used he's the straight man to everybody else's zaniness, um, but. He also serves a very important uh, part. Like In season six, Giles feels like he's preventing Buffy from growing and maturing, like she's always going to depend on him. And he ends up leaving, but he ends up returning to stop Dark Willow, who was abusing uh, the magics. And then season seven, he ends up bringing all the potential slayers to Sunnydale, for protection from the first evil. So the first evil is exactly what that sounds like. This is the first incarnate of evil. And because only one Slayer can be activated at a time, the first evil is killing off all of the potentials. So he brings them all together in, into Sunnydale to protect them. And that's why I have an audio clip from Buffy season seven, episode 13, The Killer in Me. The gang, which is the Scooby gang, which is Buffy, Xander, Willow, Dawn, Anya, they've never seen Giles touch anything. And the thing about the first evil is it was non-corporeal and couldn't touch anything. So this audio clip is when they believe that Giles is actually the first evil or the first evil taking over the appearance of Giles.
2: Me too, me too. We all feel each other, including some of us who don't know each other well enough to take such liberties, thank you. Um, I assume there is a perfectly reasonable and not at all insane explanation, yes?
3: We thought you might be non-corporeal evil. Uh, we got a call, we couldn't remember you touching anything.
2: We to make sure you are okay, we were worried.
3: Oh.
2: Ah. That's very sweet. Now wait a minute, you think I'm evil if I bring a group of girls on a camping trip and don't touch
0: them, and that's my number five pick, <laughs> Rupert Giles.
1: Wow, you are way more prepared than I am right well, now. Well, this is
0: this is my this is my baby. This this show is my baby. Oh my so, god. oh god, I feel inadequate. Right oh no, now. no, this is good. This is why I want you to have a feel for the show because oh, okay. if you come on more right. often, we'll 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 be doing this more.
1: Folks, I'm gonna get better at this top five thing. The next time I come on, I I swear to God. Um, okay. So my number four, I based, so it's Charles Gunn and I based it solely on the fact that I think he's hot. Okay. but Hold on. No, no, no. I'd like to elaborate a little bit more. So first of all, Yes, I went with the girl red on this one because I think he's hot, but I like Jay August as a person. He is a celebrity that I've had the chance to meet, and as a person, I think he's actually an amazing person, an amazing actor, and I like him in everything that he does. So I actually picked him because I like him as a person, but, you know, he's a really good-looking guy, um, and I'm hoping that... uh, you know, Matt's not listening right now. <laughs> so, so for the for the listeners, Matt is is <laughs> That's my <boyfriend>. Jack's significant
0: <laughs> other, um, and I want to say uh, I met J August Richards. I'm pulling hey, out he's my phone. Awesome, right? I, I'm pulling out my phone right now, which is great on an audio podcast. But yeah, uh, this is. Yeah. Jay he was. He's just a stand up guy. I right met him. To his
1: fans. He was at Rhode Island. Rhode a Island Comic Con uh,
0: 2014. Was, yep. My favorite guest there. He was the nicest yeah, guy. The nicest like, guy. I told him I really appreciated his work on Angel. I, I, he was one of my favorite mm-hmm. characters. And he was playing uh, Deathlock on uh, yep, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Played
1: Deathlock. He's in one of my guilty. Pleasure shows called Girlfriend's Guide to Divorce and now he's on a show called Notorious, which I love. Yeah, you're welcome, Jay August, for all these
0: plugs. No, he's he's <laughs> he's awesome. He's amazing. And he's yeah, he's just a down to earth guy. He was so genuinely like when I told him, he was like, "Oh man, thank you!" Like just you could tell he was being genuine. He wasn't just saying thank you because you know somebody's like not gushing over him. Yeah, but, like,
1: no, he was. He's definitely, but he was a strong character. On absolutely, a very absolutely. strong character. Started so off as a street tough. W- maybe I should have started with that.
0: No, he started off as a street tough, hunting vampires, yep. and then became part of the team. And then when they took over Wolfram and Hart, he was basically imbued with uh, lawyer like brain, if you will, yes. for, for lack of a better term. But he could do everything a lawyer could, and he, he became a very high-profile lawyer for the firm.
1: Yeah, so that was awesome. Great. So that is my number four.
0: <clears throat> OK, my number four. And I want to make another caveat right here. I want to put this out. This is Buffy and Angel characters, and spoiler alert, neither Buffy nor Angel made my list, believe it or not. Really? Yeah, so
1: That's interesting. Cuz
0: again, I I like the character growth and not saying that Buffy didn't grow and neither did Angel, but this character, my number 4, was born with a name William in 1853. He was a sensitive poet. He then ran afoul of a vampire called Drusilla in 1880, and he became the vampire known as Spike. So, Previously, when he was William, he was a warm and caring soul, very sensitive. And then when that demon took over, he became a chaotic, wild being. He and Drusilla are together, and his love and passion for her are very atypical of the way vampires... So Spike was always special, because vampires don't really have like loving feelings like that. Um,
1: Can I just say that Drusilla scared the crap out of me? Really? Like, just her demeanor just just in the way she looked at you even in the screen she just scared me that's awesome that's it. but that's
0: was it Juliet landau is that yes
1: she's just she was a frightening character she's, but that just that just
0: shows her her ability as an actress oh yeah
1: she was a great actress for that and they just made it but she just would be like my pet and she would just look at you with these crazy eyes and you would just think to yourself i wouldn't mess with her
0: i absolutely agree yeah i absolutely agree um But then in season four, Spike was captured and had a chip inserted into his head. And then Drusilla ended things with him because he was basically like, it was almost like vampire impotence. Uh, So because he could only fight and kill demons, he couldn't feed on humans anymore. So he basically became a reluctant hero. And during that time, as time went on, he fell in love with Buffy, which is kind of interesting because it created that kind of triangle with Angel. Uh, And he goes, he falls in love with her so madly that he ends up getting his soul restored for her. And he ends up fighting the first evil along with Buffy. And he ends up dying in the end of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. But he gets resurrected on Angel as a Mm -hmm. ghost before becoming corporeal. And then when he goes over to Angel, so it's it's a really cool character arc to see him start off as, you know, this wild, chaotic, just vicious killer to kind of like a restricted killer where he could only do certain things to almost like this lovelorn puppy for Buffy. Then he goes yeah, over to- his character grew a lot. And then he goes over to Angel and he's just like this, him and Angel bicker and they just like to be the thorn in each other's sides. Um, and you'll hear an audio clip uh, in a minute about that. But the cool thing about him and Angel- are, they're basically two sides of the same coin. Cause if you think about it, and I thought about this a lot, Angel, when he was Liam, before he became a vampire, he was a reckless drunk. He didn't care about his life. He was just all over the place. And then he became a a vampire. He became evil. But he was he was artistic with his kills. He was calculating. He was he was like very, he took very much like so much pride in the way he did things, like breaking somebody down mentally. It was artistry as far as evil goes. And then he becomes reinsold, and he becomes as Angel. He's quiet. He's dark, and he's brooding, and he's brooding. He's not,
1: the brooding.
0: Yes, yes. And that's so that's Angel. Now let's compare that to Spike. Spike as William. But he was a poet. He was quiet. He was sensitive, kind of the opposite of what Liam was. But then when he becomes a vampire, he's wild with his kills. He's chaotic. He's brash, different than Angel with his artistic and subtle and just poignant type of kills. And then as a re vampire, he's still brash, but now he's provoking and more introspective, thinking about all the evil he's done where Angel is more brooding and, and he keeps that to himself where Spike kind of like thinks out loud about that. So there's they're very much opposite ends of each other. Um, and that's why I have my audio clip from Angel, Season 5, Episode 4, called Hellbound. It's Spike before he becomes corporeal, so he's still a ghost. He realizes that Pavane is going to eventually bring him to hell, and he's actually making peace with that. So let's listen to that audio clip. So that's it, then. I really am going to burn.
2: Welcome to the club.
3: <sighs> well, at least I got company, eh? You and me, together again. Hope and Crosby, stills and Nash. Chico and the man. Yeah, are we done? Never much for small talk, were you? Always too busy trying to perfect that brooding block of wood mystique. God, I love that. As much as I loved your non-stop yammering. way you always had to be the big swingy, swaggering around, barking orders.
2: I'm never listening.
3: Always interrupting.
2: And your hair, what color do they call that?
3: Radioactive? Never much cared for you, Liam. Even when we were evil.
2: Cared for you less. Fine. Good. There was one thing about you. Really?
0: Yeah, I never told anybody about this, but I, I liked your poems.
3: You like Barry Manilow.
0: Angel likes Barry Manilow. But that's my number four, Spike. Okay. Number three, Jax. So
1: my number three is actually Cordelia.
0: I love Cordy. (laughs) I loved Cordy. So here's the thing with Cordy. First of all, am I allowed to swear? You can absolutely swear.
1: Okay. So Cordelia is a huge bitch in Buffy. She starts off as this horrible person who is just so mean to everybody Then she dates Xander, and I mean, I don't know, they like hated each other, they loved each other. I don't even know what was going on there. I feel like we've all kind of had that relationship at some point in high school, and you just thought to yourself, what was going on there? And then she goes over to Angel, and it's like a slap in the face in reality for her because she thought she was just going to go somewhere and make it big, and... Oh, God, it didn't happen. And it's like every girl's dream to just go to Hollywood and just make it big, and it didn't happen. And then she's practically begging Angel for a job, and he gives her one, and she just grows into this amazing person and... Well, I can't even talk about what happened to her, but I mean...
0: I, I'll I'll jump in here, but... um, It was so sad. Cordelia, not on my list, but in preparation for this, I ended up looking through old episodes of Angel, of Buffy, and I came across um, You're Welcome, and I watched that, <laughs> and I, you know, it's so, again... She
1: just grew a lot. I mean, she was mean.
0: She, she was so mean, but then... She, and You're Welcome. She came out of her coma, and she basically put angel back on the right track yes and it's one of those things where she was classic cordelia with her her um snark and just her quips and just her sarcasm it was so great and then you know come to find out that she was she never awoke from her coma she would just basically you know asked for one last chance to get angel back on track and, and and back on his mission statement and and fight evil and you know as the phones ring and telling she tells angel you got to pick that up and she as she's walking away she turns back to him and says by the way you're welcome and that just that that sent shivers down my spine even yeah. watching it knowing what happens and right watching it right now i
1: have goosebumps yeah. actually like yeah. yeah real live goosebumps here like she was just really good and she played that character really well and just watching her you know, evolve. And I mean, at first when I watched Buffy, I just remember thinking, wow, she's just a bitch. She needs to go. And then I was like, nope, I really like her. So yeah, that's my number three.
0: And that's a, that's a great number three. <clears throat> I clear my throat right in front of the microphone, which is very <laughs> professional. <clears throat> my number, th- I did it again. My number three. three. That's right. <laughs> my number three is actually the third Slayer that was activated. So after Buffy died by drowning, The second Slayer was Kendra. When Kendra died, the third Slayer was activated, and her name is Faith. Faith. And kind of like what you said about James Gunn, but I'm not going to (laughs) be a pig about it. Eliza Dushku is is extremely attractive. She's extremely attractive. I'll say
1: hot. It's okay. uh, So you're
0: a girl. You can do that. Yep. Um, Wesley Wyndham Price is her watcher. She comes from an uh, unstable and abusive background before being activated as a Slayer. We never get a full... Uh, recollection of what her life was like but she is a wild and reckless slayer and she accidentally kills a human which then puts her on a downward spiral where she turns against the gang, Buffy and her friends, and she allies herself with the season 3 villain, the Mayor. She ends up battling Buffy and like Cordelia we were just talking about, she ends up in a coma. After she awakens from a coma, she ends up taking the Mayor left her a parting gift which allowed her to switch bodies with Buffy. She ended up switching bodies and now in Buffy's body she did a bunch of uh, reprehensible stuff, um, things that she could never take back. And then when Buffy fixed it and they switched back, she ended up fleeing to Los Angeles, which was mm-hmm. a crossover with Angel. Yes. When she's in Los Angeles, Wolfram and Hart hires her as an assassin to kill Angel, and she ends up capturing and torturing Wes and to lure Angel out. The fun, the funny thing is, she hates who she is and what she's done, and just like her, her actions, she just she cannot live with herself. So because she's torturing. Uh, Wesley, she baits Angel to kill her. Instead of killing her, Angel rehabilitates her. She ends up going to prison and starts to seek redemption. That's
1: right, she goes to jail. I almost forgot She goes to jail.
0: And Wesley breaks her out in season four of Angel when Angelus reemerges after they take his soul. And then after returning his soul, she ends up leaving to go finish off Buffy, and that's actually, yeah, she ends up leaving season four. Is it season four or season five? No, it's season four Angel. She ends up leaving after reinsoling him and going to Sunnydale to finish off Buffy's last season as uh, one of the Slayers there. Um, so She ends up fighting the first. But my audio clip is from my favorite Faith moment is when she's torturing Wesley and battling Angel. So this is the battle with her and Angel. It's from Angel Season 1, Episode 18, one of my favorite sayings, Five by Five, with a tortured Wesley tied up, Angel and Faith battle. Oh, and she makes a request while they're battling. (laughs) I'm
2: not going to make it
0: I just think that's a very, very powerful scene. Very intense. Uh, She's crying, and and that's great. You know, the the actress, Eliza Dushku, Faith, the character, all worked out very, very well. So that's my number three, Faith.
1: All right. So, so far, I find it interesting that we've had no duplicates by either one of us. We'll get there. Yeah, we're going to get there right (coughs) now,
0: actually. Oh, you've been (laughs) been looking at my list.
1: Yeah. No, I haven't, but you've already mentioned my number two. (laughs) Oh, okay. So my number two is actually Spike. Um, and I think you did an amazing job talking about Spike evolving. So you actually hit all my points, and I don't want to beat a dead horse. But yeah, Spike is my number two. So I'm just going to leave it at
0: that. because okay. You did amazing. What's with Spike. Your, what's your favorite Spike moment? Ooh. How about we do that? If I'll put you on the spot, I'll I'll give you a couple of mine. Um, Crap. A couple of mine are, um, and I can't remember the exact scene, but it's during it's it's the Hush episode where everybody loses their voice where uh xander comes home he's spike is staying with him Mm -hmm. because i believe he has the chip in his head at this point uh xander comes home and he sees i believe anya sleeping and spike vamped out over her like he hit his head and he had vamp face and you get up and xander walks in seeing anya passed out on the couch and spike with vampire face thinking that spike killed anya and i think they end up fighting that's one of my favorite uh because it's very comedic um There's also my other favorite, and I have a clip that I'm going to play at the end of the show, which is my favorite Spike and Angel clip ever, but the uh, episode Smile Time where Angel becomes a puppet and the fight he has with Spike where Angel as a puppet, as a Muppet, is fighting Spike in the hallways of Wolfram and Hart. I think that's hilarious. Um, So there's a couple of good moments. I don't know if you had any specific...
1: Well, I really enjoyed watching Spike and Buffy try to hide their relationship. All of those moments were always fun. But I think I really liked him kind of... I guess this is a spoiler if you haven't watched it yet. But I liked him kind of sacrificing himself at the end. That showed like how much <clears> he grew and he was willing to just be like, you know, I'm gonna do this to kind of show. And I mean, yeah, he got to come back an angel. But at that moment, you're like, what? What do you mean? What? What's going on here? Like that was like a big key moment for him, and it shows how much he grew because in the beginning, him and Drusilla, just like, wrecked Sunnydale and you watch them. And I honestly didn't hate watching that either. I was like, yeah, they're so awesome. It's so cool. Wait, Buffy's going to have to fix that. But I mean, I just really enjoyed watching him doing anything. He's a character. You just loved to hate.
0: I absolutely agree. So
1: yeah, that's why I picked Spike because you just love to hate him. But watching him and Buffy try to like hide their relationship, I just found hysterical.
0: You know, and that's, that's the thing I think, uh, the character can work very well in both like because he the gamut of emotions from just kind of like the the wildness to the you know the comedic to almost like the very sensitive like that that character he did it
1: all like he had funny moments he had badass moments and then he had selfless moments he had the whole package which is why he made my number two
0: Excellent. Excellent. My number two, and this, this might be on your list. I'm going to show you my number two, because if, if it is, I don't want to go into it too, too much. No. Okay. Not <laughs> on your list. Okay, good. No. Because I'm, I'm going to go, I'm going to go, the, my two and one are very interchangeable, but these are the two characters that I um, kind of empathize the most with. So my number two is a a gentleman by the name of Alexander Harris, also known as Xander, uh, best friend of Willow at the beginning of the series. She likes him. He likes Buffy, and he dislikes Angel because Angel <laughs> likes Buffy, and Buffy likes Angel. So it's a it's you gotta a weird. Feel bad for Xander. Xander Xander was used as like the best friend, the comedic relief, and as you mentioned, he began uh, Cordelia and him have a relationship, and yes. she ends it when he kind of starts returning Willow's feelings. He ends up kissing Willow. Um, so that relationship ends, and then he begins, uh, his senior year of high school, begins a romance with Anya, who's a vengeance demon. Um, and at the start of season four, Xander kind of feels inferior, he feels forgotten, he feels inconsequential because he does not enroll in college, so while everybody else is taking these college classes, he's the quote-unquote townie. Um, but it's really cool in that that season, which I, in my opinion had the worst Buffy, Big Bad, and Adam, mm-hmm. which... They had to do a spell where they each took a piece of each character to combine it into Buffy, for lack of a better term, and Xander was the heart of that spell, which I thought was really, really cool. Uh, Xander and Anya become engaged, and but then his commitment fears are exploited by a demon and he ends up leaving her at the, hu- the altar, not his best moment. No. Probably the low point of the character. Um, but he kind of redeems himself a little bit when Willow absor- uh, starts uh, I guess abusing dark magic, and she becomes Dark Willow. And he brings her back from the brink of darkness and saving the world. Um, fast forward, you know, he's a, he's a very um, tried and true. He's a soldier, part of Buffy's crew when the potential slayers come on. He was on.
1: literally a soldier in the Halloween. He, episode. exactly literally a soldier exactly.
0: And yeah, that's you know that's a great point. I love the Buffy Halloween episodes. The Buffy
1: Halloween episode is one of my favorites because wasn't she a? Um like an old-fashioned person who wouldn't do like not an old-fashioned person, I'm saying that poorly, but she
0: she was like a, she was a she From dressed as like, like a yeah, like
1: a, and she was like, oh, fight demons no
0: yeah, she very prim and proper. Yes. she that's the episode where basically everyone became uh their costume that they yes. put on, and that led me to, that's not my favorite Halloween episode. It was the year oh, after it isn't? Okay. it's the one where they're in college and Xander goes up where. Xander dresses up, I forget, he dresses up as 007, and Oz is there, and Willow's dressed up as Joan of Arc, and she's like, yeah, I did it because, you know, a powerful girl, and she had a really strong relationship with God, and Xander turns to Oz and like, what are you supposed to be, and... Oz just has a, hello, my name is, and it says God. And he's like, oh, that's such a great idea. I should have done that. I could have been God. And then Oz just goes, blasphemer. And to me, that was just some of the best bits. And then the fear demon at the end of the episode went in the haunted house. And that led to my other favorite line by Giles when he's looking in the book and he sees the picture of the fear demon. The demon escapes, and Buffy ends up squishing it on her foot. and, and Because it's just a little tiny thing. It's like the size of an action figure. And Giles goes, dear God, I should have read the inscription. Actual size. And those are the two of the like the funniest moments of that, and that's my favorite Halloween episode. But getting back to Xander, um, I just want to mention that he, it is mentioned in Angel after Buffy ends, and all the potential Slayers are made into Slayers. Xander is in Africa recruiting new Slayers in one of the episodes of Angel. It's mentioned that, that he's oh, doing that. Oh, I don't remember that. Yeah, that was the episode. I think it was called The Girl in Question. It's where they had Buffy, like they were going after the Immortal, and they were running around Italy or whatever, and... Andrew was there as kind of like the, the tie to the Buffy universe. Um, and I believe they said that Xander is in Africa recruiting Slayers at that point. But I want to play this clip. It's from Buffy Season 7, Episode 12, Potential. And this to me is probably the most like, heartwarming scene that Xander's ever had. Even bigger than like convincing Willow from you know, the brink of darkness. Basically, Dawn, Buffy's sister, believes that she's a potential Slayer. And it comes to fruition that she's not. It was actually a girl standing behind her. So as that's going on, Dawn realizes this and gives Amanda, I believe her name was, the sword and makes Amanda become that potential slayer, basically realizing that she's not special enough. She doesn't have the potential to be a slayer. Xander sees this and he witnesses the aftermath and he then sees Dawn later on working hard researching the first and he gives a little speech to her to kind of pep her up and i think it's probably the most heartwarming one of the most heartwarming things so this is from xander harris as i mentioned buffy season 7 episode 12 potential
1: what's
2: up i'm just thinking about the girls it's a harsh gig being a potential and just being picked out of a crowd danger destiny plus if you act now death
3: They
2: can handle it. Yeah. They're special, no doubt. And the amazing thing is, not one of them will ever know. Not even Buffy.
3: Know what?
2: How much harder it is for the rest of us.
3: No way. They've got seven
2: years, Don. Working with the Slayer, seeing my friends get more and more powerful. The Witch. A demon hell i could fit oz in my shaving kit but come a full moon he had a wolfy mojo not to be messed with powerful all of them and i'm the guy who fixes the windows i saw what you did last night
1: yeah i i guess i kind of lost my head when i thought
2: i was the slayer well you thought you were all special Miss Sunnydale 2003 and the minute you found out you weren't you handed the crown to Amanda without a moment's pause you gave her your power
3: the power wasn't mine
2: they'll never know how tough it is Donnie to be the one who isn't chosen to live so near to the spotlight and never step in it but I know I see more than anybody realizes because nobody's watching me I saw you last night I see you working here today you're not special you're extraordinary
3: maybe that's your power What? Seeing. Knowing.
2: (laughs) Maybe it is. Maybe I should get a cape. Cape is good. Yeah.
0: So Xander, the heart of the group, is my number two.
1: So I just want to let you guys know that Jeff over here has an amazing amount of notes on all of his people. And next time I'm obviously going to have to be more prepared. But my number one, I have some good stuff for here. Go for it. So my number one is Buffy. However, I would like to tell you guys a funny story. And I hope that my sister is going to be listening. So... I watched the original movie of Buffy with Christy Swanson. I own it. I've met Christy Swanson. She's awesome. Um, I watched this movie so much. I taped it off of HBO back in the day. I wanted to be Buffy. So much so that I used to take pencils. Those were my, um, we'll call them my slaying items, my sister was the vampire. So I would throw pencils at my sister and pretend to slay her. And I would demand that she stood in front of me and I would huck pencils at her in the manner that Buffy would do it. Um, if you've ever seen the montage where she like rolls and throws them, that's basically what I did because I thought the character was so badass. She was funny, she was athletic. So I literally would. St- be in my basement trying to be her, and I would tumble around, I would do flips off of um, anything that I could do, my couch, a chair, it didn't matter, and my poor sister took the brunt of it. And I'm pretty sure I scarred her for life.
0: You're trying to stake your sister.
1: I tried to stake my sister, yes. And I mean, she will tell you about it, too. If you ask her, like, well, how is... Oh, I am. How, yeah, how is Jack's like as a younger kid? And she'll be like, she tried to stake me with pencils. And honestly, I'm five years older than her. And she just allowed it to happen. It was kind of funny. Um, but as soon as I found out that they were making it into a series, I mean, I think it came on on Tuesday nights. I was there. There was a contest in Cosmopolitan Magazine where you could win um, Buffy's boots. I think I entered like 500 times. I didn't win the boots, but I wanted those boots because she had those boots and I wanted them. Um, I found Buffy's character to just be a strong female character. Was she the smartest woman alive? Maybe not, but she said hysterical things. One of my favorite lines was um, actually in the movie when she looked at Luke Perry and went, Pike isn't a name, it's a fish. And I mean, that just, just the comedy that she gave, she was just badass, and I mean, she grew as a person, she got better. I mean, she went into it kicking and screaming. You know, some guy turns around and tells you, hey, you're a vampire slayer. That kind of sounds crazy. You know, Giles was her mentor on the show and I think he did a really good job trying to help her but you've got a teenager slaying vampires first of all it's not really easy to be a teenager we all know that we all struggle but let's have a teenager stay up late slaying vampires and then you have to go to high school Come on. Kind of a struggle. I just think they did a really good job putting that together, and I think they did a really good job with her character, and I think both Christy Swanson and Sarah Michelle Gellar did a good job with it. So, yeah, she's my number one, both of them. <coughs> both of them.
0: Oh, so a little little twist yeah, on that. Yeah, I
1: did a little twist on that. I really threw you a curveball no, there. No,
0: <laughs> I, I, I agree with that, though. You know, there's been... Um, Illusions. So to, to Buffy is kind of like what it's like being like in your teens and early twenties, and then Angel, it's kind of like growing up and after your early twenties, after college, uh, uh, you know, as being an adult and dealing with adult day to day things. So it's really a cool uh, dichotomy between the two series. And Buffy, as you mentioned, started out from this. Not like a valley girl, popular type of girl, to an extent, you know what I mean? But To an
1: extent. Like, you definitely in the movie saw she was a valley girl, only cared about hanging out with her boyfriend and her friends. And then by the end of the movie, you know, she's hanging out with Pike. She blew off, I think, the homecoming committee or something. And I mean, some of the things they say in that movie still crack me up to this day. And I'll watch that movie every day. I don't care. I'll watch Buffy every day.
0: <laughs> well, and, and that's 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 the point. Is it's she's such a good character in the sense that you know she could have been Cordelia, you know, yeah. and she she's grown as a yeah, person. That's
1: the thing. She could have been Cordelia. The only thing that held her back from being Cordelia is, hey, you're a vampire. Slayer. You have this response. <laughs> you have this extra
0: responsibility. Yeah. To, to go help protect, people. yeah.
1: Well, go kill vampires. Don't yeah. kill people.
0: So yeah, I agree. That's a great number one pick. My oh. number one pick, as I mentioned, is not Angel or Buffy. My number one pick is the character I think I've seen the most growth from in both series. Um started off as a watcher, believe it or not, replacing Giles um, for faith in Buffy. He wasn't effective. He was arrogant and stuffy. But he still <laughs> helped Buffy fight the mayor. And then the Watcher's Council fires him, and then he crosses over to Angel and becomes yes. a rogue demon hunter. He's still cowardly, timid, and scared. But this is a gentleman by the name of Wesley Wyndham Price. Um, so I think it's cool because he starts off, you know, as kind of like this this coward, this, this meek weakling. Um, but he's he's very smart, he's very intelligent as far as a watcher, and he lets the the slayers basically walk all over him. He ends up getting fired becomes a rogue demon hunter, ends up joining Team Angel, Angel Investigations, and he's still, you know, kind of cowardly and whatnot. And then Angel starts going down a dark path in season two where basically Drusilla is brought back and, I mean, not Drusilla, Darla is brought back and resired by Drusilla, and Angel basically just becomes very, very dark, and he just kind of gives up on everything. Wesley then becomes the reluctant leader to both Gunn and Cordelia, and he ends up becoming effective, tactical, but a Bit unforgiving. He's willing to sacrifice certain things, like certain, uh, like in Pylea, he's willing to sacrifice certain beings and certain creatures to get what he needs to. So he's willing to show that he'll go that extra mile, even if it costs you know something in the long run. Season three, he becomes more of a tragic character to me, which is really really sad. And it's it's just interesting to see him go through this arc. He starts having feelings for Winifred Burkle, also known as Fred. She starts dating Charles Gunn. She sees Wesley as more of a brother type. He ends up in season three reading a prophecy that Angel will kill his baby Connor, or will kill Angel's son Connor. So Angel and Darla had a, a baby, which is uh, impossible for two vampires to do. But somehow this baby comes forth, and Wesley reads a prophecy that Angel will kill his son. So he ends up stealing the child from Angel. He steals Angel's son. Yeah, I me. Mean- and- and then Holtz, who's a, a t- essentially a time-traveling uh, mortal enemy of Angel, ends up kidnapping the child and slitting Wesley's throat, or one of his underlings does. He ends up getting kicked out of the group, no longer part of an Angel investigations. He becomes uncaring. He gets a very cold personality, but he's still fighting evil. He's just kind of like he's lost everything, and he's just dead inside, and it's no pun intended, but he's just very, very cold. Uh, he ends up rescuing Angel from the ocean depths and ends up rejoining the team, but he's still like changed in the sense that he just doesn't care anymore. He just, he like, there's no happiness for him. He's just dead inside. But then season five comes along and it's even more tragedy. They end up joining uh, Wolfram and Hart. Their memories of Connor get erased. Um, Wesley's father threatens Fred and Wesley shoots him in cold blood, kills his father. Turns out that his father was a, a cyborg, but Wesley had no idea he would still kill his father to protect the woman that he has feelings for, that he loves. And after two years of pining for her, Fred finally sees Wesley in a new light and they start dating. The next episode, she is instantly killed and her body is taken over by Illyria. So he goes from kind of geeky, nerdy, uh, timid and cowardly guys. to you know kind of a, a leader and a little bit more confident to absolutely dead inside. And now when the love of his life is taken away, he becomes an unhinged becomes an alcoholic, and the only piece of uh, Fred that's left is the shell, the body, now possessed by this demon Illyria, and he wants to teach Illyria about the world she is stuck in because it's the only piece of Fred that's left, and she wants him to take. She wants to take Fred's form to see like how human emotions would be, knowing that Wesley cares for her, and she has access to Fred's memories, At, and, and Wesley refuses that he doesn't want to live a lie because he says, you know, as a watcher, the one thing you have to uh, do is kind of. Uh, differ reality from what's you know made up in spells and whatnot. You have to be able to differ from that illusion from reality. But on the attack uh, on the Circle of Blackthorns, the last episode of Angel, Wes is mortally wounded. And as he's dying, Illyria takes Fred's form and finally says goodbye to Wesley as he dies. And to me, that is just like an overall character arc from somebody who is looked at as so inconsequential, can have such an amazing impact on other people's lives. And he's just growing and continues to grow. And my audio clip is not the unhinged version of Wesley that I liked. It's more of the cold and and dead inside Wesley. It's coming from Angel, season four, episode 14, release. At this point, Angel's soul is taken away. And basically, Wesley frees Faith from jail. So this cold and remorseless Wesley is, and this Faith, Faith, who is seeking redemption at this point, are trying to find Angelus, and they end up going to. He basically ends up going to almost like a bordello where humans are getting high off uh, vampire bites. So basically, uh, vampires suck their blood to f- get a feeling of high. Faith starts questioning her. The witness doesn't say anything. Faith punches her. The witness still doesn't say anything, and that's where West steps up, and that's the audio clip we're going to play right now.
2: Did you see him? No, I didn't. Stop it! You're hurting
1: me. doesn't know anything.
3: Maybe not. What are
2: you doing, Wes? Shut up! Oh.
3: Tracks on your arms. You've been here, what, two, three days straight? Answer me! Yeah,
2: stop. Yes.
1: Four. Four days?
3: Then you must have seen the vampire we're looking for. Angelus, jealous. I saw him. He, 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 he's just... Where is he?
1: I don't know i don't know please stop they said
3: he was talking to himself what was he saying
1: i don't know it was like he was talking to someone else it was it was all a rain
2: of fire and 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 pulling strings and a soul. that's all i heard please
1: stop it hurt you totally lost it
3: i avoided the main arteries she'll live if that's what you call this Whatever's controlling the beast, it's made contact with Angelus.
1: So what? Torturing humans, part of the new makeover? I did
3: what I had to because you couldn't. I hit her. You think that's something new to her?
1: You crossed it back there, Wes. What'd you oh, do you back Oh, you have a there? problem
3: with a little torture now? Seem to recall a time when you rather enjoyed it.
1: But yeah, well, it's not me anymore. You know that.
3: Nice to have this along, though. Just in case. What you did to me, Faith The broken glass The shallow cuts So I would remain conscious You think I'd hurt you again? This is the part where you tell me you've turned a you leaf Found God In a peace We both know that isn't true You haven't changed, you can't Wes Because you're sick You've always been sick It goes right down to the roots, rotting your soul That's why your friends turned on you in Sunnydale? Why the Watchers Council tried to kill you? No one trusts you, Faith. You're a rabid dog who should have been put down years ago. See? It wasn't so hard, was it? It's what you'll need to beat him.
0: Wesley exploiting Faith's feelings and emotions to get her to the place she needs to be to take down Angelus. I don't know, that's why. Yeah, that's why it's my (laughs) number one. Well, that was a great final countdown, Jax. Yeah, that was good. That was fun. So now we're going to go to our final segment, where we call it the Bat Signal. Um, We're going to raise up the Bat Signal, and this is where we're going to plug everything. So I know you want to plug some stuff, but do you have anything? Um, I know we're going to plug Rhode Island Comic Con. We'll get to that. But your Instagram, Twitter, uh, anything along those lines that you want to plug, put out there.
1: Okay, cool. So you can follow me on Twitter at JediJax1923. I just like 1923. It doesn't actually It doesn't correspond any. to anything? No, not really. 23 uh, is my lucky number, and I used to really enjoy Joe Thornton on the Bruins, and there his number was 19, so I kept it.
0: And that's all one word?
1: Yeah, uh, yep, all one word, Jedi Jax 1923. And Jax 23. is spelled
0: J-A-X. So.
1: J-A-X, and um, you can actually follow me a lot of places on Confessions of a Star Wars Nerd. Um, that's on... Facebook, um, and I actually have a YouTube where I do a really weird video blog of random things that I do. If you're you're into that, um, so yeah, that's about it.
0: Excellent. Um, well, you can find us uh, Instagram, Twitter, Free Your Geek, our Facebook, Free Your Geek on Facebook. KB actually, October being Breast Cancer Awareness Month, uh, put the pink ribbon on a couple issues of Thor. Um, put those covers up on our on our Facebook page essentially uh, Jane Foster who's Thor now in the comic books is going through breast cancer at this point in time and she's now Thor and KB put some special covers together for that so check that out covers of the week KB puts his Marvel covers up I put my favorite DC covers up check that out we have our website Ja the geek YouTube for your geek um, we have Tons of different stuff, but I want to plug Rhode Island Comic Con one more time, ricomicon.com, all one word. Check out their amazing lineup. We have a show a couple episodes ago. Check that show out. We go through the lineup, but um there's there's amazing guests that are there. Check out the website. Uh Jax, if you have anything you want to say about that.
1: So basically, this is our fifth year. Uh we took over the Dunkin' Donuts Center and the Convention Center yes last year. Um, and we're doing it again this year. It's three days. We have a cosplay contest. Um, We have sci-fi speed dating. Yep, everybody sign up for that. And after you go to sci-fi speed dating, maybe you want to get married at the convention. Um, And then we also have a kids con. See how I did that? Um, We have a ton of guests. There's so much to do. Seriously, I know I just... um, Went through a lot of stuff, but definitely check out the website. There's so many things to do. It's a great, great show. We put a lot of hard work in it, so please come out, check it out, grab your tickets. They're on sale now.
0: Excellent. Again, riComicCon.com. It's the biggest show in the smallest state. Amazing guests, and I like how you did that segue. You can find somebody to date, (laughs) get married, and maybe have some kids and put them in the con too. Circle of life. Uh, Well. Maybe not. No, it's, it's all good. Bring your kids. It's, it's great. It's family entertainment. It's family fun. I'm going to be there all three days. You'll see me walking around with a Free Your Geek uh, t-shirt around there. So come say hi if you see me. Um, until then, and KB's not here. I got to do my own catchphrases. Jax, is there anything else you want to say before we get out of here?
1: Oh, my God. I hope you guys had fun with me and I wasn't too silly.
0: No, this is awesome. We Perfect. want to have you on Perfect. more. more. We need to be on and more And my frequency. trivia
1: will get harder. Yeah,
0: so that the, the trivia is going to be harder. And then follow her again on Twitter. because She does it every Tuesday. Um, but I get to do the catchphrases. KB always steals this from me. So <clears throat> ladies and gentlemen, start your weekend with your geek friends and get your geek on. Have a good day, folks. We're going out with my favorite back and forth between Angel and Spike. This is from Angel Season 5.
2: Time to pack.
3: Worth checking.
0: Nice work. You should tell Angel.
3: You can tell him. I ain't going in there.
2: It's bullocks,
3: Angel. It's your brand of bullocks from first to last. You can't ever see the big picture.
2: You can't see any picture. I
3: am talking about something primal. Right savagery, brutal animal instinct, and that wins out every time with you. You know the human race has evolved, Spike, oh, into a bunch of namby-pamby, self-analyzing wankers who could never hope oh, we're to be bigger. You are there's a thing called teamwork. Not to mention the superstitious terror of your pure you just aggressors. Want it to be the way you want. It it's to not be. about what I want. Sorry. Is this something we should all be discussing? No. It just sounds a little serious it was mostly theoretical we we were just working out a look if cavemen and astronauts got into a fight who would win Ah. you've been yelling at each other for 40 minutes about this do the astronauts have weapons
2: No.